This is Your Own Best Company, a podcast for people who love to work alone. Hey there, everybody. This is Franklin Taggart, and you are listening to Your Own Best Company. This is a podcast that I intend to be an encouragement and support for people who love working alone. And it's not that we're antisocial, and it's not necessarily that we're shy. Some of us are, and some of us are kind of sensitive. But the, the real bottom line is that we love solitude as much as we love revenue. My guest today is someone I think you're going to really enjoy hearing from. Uh, Lou, does that description hang on to your hook at all? Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is like the perfect podcast for me because... Again, I wouldn't say I'm antisocial, but definitely an introvert. Uh, love working alone, love my alone time. And uh, so, yeah, I think I'm in the right place. Excellent. So it's my it's my pleasure to introduce you all to Lou Bortone. And I've known Lou for a couple of years now. I think I met Lou th initially through Dre Beltrami uh, when it was it with the, the video bunch. The Yep. Yeah, Ray is a character. I, mean, I, I work with her a lot because she's the polar opposite of me when it comes to personality and introvert versus extrovert. <laughs> yeah, she is. Uh, she's ab absolutely uh, uh, energetic, off the wall, wonderful, <laughs> wonderful human. But I remember, I think the first introduction that I had was when she appeared on the, the video bunch. Mm -hmm. Now, Lou has years of broadcast experience, but he's become a mentor for people who want to improve their video game online. And um, I have learned a ton from him. Um, a couple of years ago, I, I signed up for a class that he does called 31 Flavors of Video, where every day you're introduced to a different kind of online video. You're given the tools and the information that you need to go out and produce it. And there's a challenge to just go out and do it. And I learned so much from that class, Lou, that I still use every day. Um, and then I, I kind of informally took you up on a challenge that you do where I did, I did video every day for a year. That's amazing. I mean, that's unbelievable. Freaked <laughs> way me more out that, than I, I can muster. <laughs> freaked me out that I could actually do it. And mm -hmm. I, I've had to take a long break since I finished that year. But <laughs> mm -hmm. In any case, Lou, I'm really delighted to have you on the show. Um, I've wanted to have you as a guest for a long time. Um, can you give us a little bit of a bird's eye view? The thing that I find fascinating is that broadcast, uh, broadcasting is a part of your family history as well mm -hmm. as yep. your, your own personal experience. Yeah, I grew up sort of in, at a TV station because my dad worked at, at the NBC affiliate in Boston for pretty much his whole career. I don't know that anybody stays at a company for 38 years like he did, but uh, he was there at WBZ TV in Boston forever. So I, that was kind of like my playground. And when I got a little older, I mean, there was nothing else that I ever wanted to do but go into TV. So, And then now I have to say like, okay, yeah, I worked in TV, but don't hold that against me. It's like, <laughs> like being a, a lawyer or something. Uh, so that's where my my background was. I spent a lot of time in uh, the marketing and branding side of TV in Los Angeles for many years. And then uh, in a moment of insanity, came back to New Hampshire where it's cold and gray for nine months out of the year. <laughs> but it's good because you know, it forces me to stay inside and do videos and stay in front of the computer. Well, you know that the broadcast realm, uh, especially the industry in Hollywood is... Uh, pretty transient kind of a, mm -hmm. a being. 
And it's, it's really rare that a person can stay, you know, in one place for very long there, it seems yeah. like. Yeah. I and, think I had four or five different jobs in the, in the 10 years I was in Los Angeles. <laughs> of those jobs, which one, I mean, do you, do you have one that was, that was more memorable, memorable than others? Uh, well, I worked at E Entertainment Television, and that was memorable because it was in the early days of that cable network and sort of the startup phase. And um, we were exposed to a lot of, you know, premieres and stars and things like that. So I was a little bit starstruck um, working there. I got to meet uh, uh, Sonny Corleone. I got to meet James Conn's. That was like, <sighs> oh, my God, this is crazy. So uh, here's so cool. this kid from Boston who's, you know, oh, that's Sonny from The Godfather. So, and you have to be cool you can't be like you can't be like a fanboy you can't be too starstruck so you have to kind of play it cool well we're going to be talking more about the godfather here in a little while <laughs> um, but i just i'm totally envious james con was one of my favorite just people in mm -hmm. in hollywood but his his acting legacy was just phenomenal mm -hmm. that is so cool now you've transitioned over into this realm of helping people up their video game. Mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm very curious, uh, was this something that you knew that you wanted to do pretty immediately after you left Hollywood? Or is this something that you just kind of uh, found your way into? I fell into it and, you know, I call myself, you know, an accidental entrepreneur because I never really had a big desire to um, work for myself. I mean, now that I've been doing it for a long time, I don't think I could ever go back to having a boss or working in an office, but, um, but it, it really just happened, you know, by a series of, of, you know, fortunate accidents of, I worked at a, at a dot-com startup right before the dot-com boom went bust. So yeah. I sort of, you know, just ran out of runway and said, well, I guess I better, you know, go out and do this myself. And what I found that was interesting was, I thought, oh my God, you know, this, I don't know that this TV stuff's going to help me that much. But the TV folks were coming to me to ask about YouTube and all this other new digital stuff. So they they were playing catch up in terms of moving from a, the traditional business model to like, okay, now we have to be online and and have a website and have YouTube and all that fun stuff. Yeah, and now you have to like, now you have to keep people's attention so that they don't push the skip ad button. <laughs> Yeah, you know, exactly. That's that yeah. six second rule or whatever it is now. Mm -hmm. um, and since then, you've gone on to just really have uh, kind of a diverse presence online with not only video, but podcasting. And um, you're you're experimenting with uh, long form, short form and every form in mm -hmm. between. Yeah. Do you find <laughs> that you have a favorite? Um. It's funny because I, I just recently started the podcast and I, I, you know, sort of resisted the urge for a long time. It's like, oh my God, it's one more thing to do. Yeah. Um, but I like that because what I've found is it's almost like, at least what I'm doing, doing a, a Godfather podcast, which doesn't have much to do with video, but I'm finding it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm really creating these little 10 minute mini documentaries every few weeks. So that's yeah. kind of fun, even though it's time consuming. Um, and I also love teaching. Like I just like to do classes and webinars and things where I can kind of, um, hide behind the slides and not really have to be on camera the whole time. So, you know, as a video person, it's funny because I think we've talked about this before, but I'm camera shy. I don't particularly like being on camera. So if I can just say, I'll just stay in the background and share my content and share my slides, then I'll be fine. Well, I, I want to put a plug in for, um, 
mainly your email because <laughs> it seems like to me that at least uh, two or three emails a week have mm -hmm. tool recommendations, process hints, mm -hmm. really cool tips. Um, kind of you, you keep track of trends and you help people stay on top of trends. So your email, um, your email list is a very valuable resource for anybody who's using video. Um, and so which website do we need to send people to lubortone.com for that? Or... That should be fine. Yeah. Lubortone.com. I've got freebies there and goodies, but, um, yeah, cause well, one of the things that I've found with with video is it changes so quickly and there's so much coming at us and now everything has, you know, Oh, just throw AI at the end of it and sell it, you know? Yeah. But I try to separate the wheat from the shape and say, look, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of tools. There's a lot of way to come at video. I'm trying to kind of curate it for my folks so that they don't waste a lot of time and they can just go right to the best solution. Yeah. Now, one of the things that I've been really impressed with Lou in the things that I've seen you do, is that you make it accessible for any level of experience. So mm -hmm. if a person has never really done video before, you help make it accessible to them. Um, and that's one of the things that I'm encouraged by is that I remember in the 31 flavors that there were people there that had never ever right. turned on their video camera on their phone before. Mm -hmm. and by the end of the month, they were feeling much more competent and confident on camera yeah. and just kind of working with the tech. Talk to mm -hmm. me a little bit about what is it do you feel like that is the most common mm -hmm. um, obstacle that people face in in becoming open to using video? Uh, I think a lot of folks like remember we used to listen to tape recorder like oh that's me i don't know i don't know i sound like it's the same thing with video it's like I, I don't like the way i look on camera or i don't feel like i'm camera ready and i'm i'm you know sort of out there waving the flag and like just you know go on in your bathrobe it doesn't matter you know do facebook live show up authentically and and just you know so i try to sort of take that barrier away because we're not you know unless you're a news anchor or a kardashian you're not really used to looking at that little blue light or that little red light at the top of the computer yeah it's a lot different than um speaking from the stage and i think some folks don't realize that because i have a lot of folks who are professional speakers and then like during the pandemic like oh my god i have to talk into this little thing instead <laughs> of having people in front of me so, i don't know where to look <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where's that camera? And you know, like, okay, it's over here on the iPad, but it's here in the so. So just getting them past that that initial, um, you know, I don't know, awkwardness about the right. way that they look and the way that they sound and things like that. Mm -hmm. That's usually kind of the one of the bigger obstacles that you see. Yeah, and I tell folks, um, you know, like what I would do if I was doing the 31 days of video is I would do the first video right after I finished my workout. I'm sweaty. I'm in the car. You know, I look horrible. So now the only way, place to go is up. So I'm trying to set the bar low and say, okay, this is me after a workout. Hopefully I'll look a little better tomorrow when I do it again. Now, the other thing that is interesting to me is that you've you've been in the video trend probably almost since the beginning. It's like, mm -hmm. um, do you recall what year you started in, in the online video realm? Yeah, it was the same year. Well, really before YouTube, but but um, the same year as YouTube, because what we were doing, I, I was in a little group where we were doing like a local cable access sketch comedy show, you know, with 17 viewers in New Hampshire or whatever. And I realized <laughs> that we started to put videos on this new thing called YouTube. 
in 2005. Yeah. And, you know, those were getting thousands of views. I'm like, we're getting more views on YouTube than we're getting on local cable access. So maybe we ought to pay more attention to this thing over here. So again, I kind of found it by accident just because I'm like, well, let's let's see what happens when we put our, our goofy sketch comedy stuff on YouTube instead of just playing it on the on the cable channel. So almost from the beginning of YouTube, you've been there. Mm-hmm. Um, and what are some of the most significant I mean, changes that you've seen in in the video trend online? Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, that's a really good question. Uh, it moves so quickly that it's like, you know, the, the YouTube of six months ago is not the YouTube of today. Sure. So a lot of folks are always trying to play catch up and figure out the algorithm. And, and I say what a lot of other creators say. It's like, you know, make videos for your audience. Make videos that your audience wants to see. Don't worry so much about algorithms and formulas and things like that if you're if you're just creating good content then you're going to be ahead of the game because you can't always you know i mean now youtube shorts are really big but youtube wants your video to be eight minutes so it's like well well, do you want me to do shorts or do you want me to do eight minute videos so so they, they sort of have conflicting goals there so it's always evolving and that's part of what makes it interesting is that you know you're sort of trying to uh figure out the bottom line is if, if like I always say, it, it sounds a little trite, but if you want more views, make better videos. Yeah. Well, that gives us a, a, a great topic to, to go to next. And that is what does make great video. Mm-hmm. You really, I think you just have to know your audience and try to understand what they want. What are they asking for? Like I used to get so sick of the question, what camera should I use? But like, well, if people are asking that, then, that's what they want to know. So yeah. figure out what your audience wants and, and give them the stuff that, that they really want to see and answer their questions. And that's why I'm a big fan of if you're in a particular niche or if you're just starting with videos, do a tip series or do a frequently asked question series. Um, and now, you know, with ChatGPT, you can just sort of say, well, let me let me get a little bit of a head start and, and a little bit of a, a cheat here and, and kind of ask ChatGPT, uh, which it doesn't always work because it only goes, at least for now, only goes up to 2021. So it doesn't know what YouTube's done in the last three or six months. Yeah, that's true. It, it, um, the trends are a little bit lagging on there. But um, speaking of AI, I mean you're the you're one of the first people that i've uh seen in my own online realm that has been mm-hmm. you know really diving in and experimenting with it um what are the things that you're excited about with ai capabilities right now it's just growing so rapidly but the thing that's interesting is that it really you know, it's not a, a copy and paste solution, but it really does give you a head start or at least some ideas. I mean, you know, because you wrote an entire book about it. But, yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, but I think just the, the fact that it's evolving so quickly and that the more you use it and the better questions and prompts you ask, the better the responses are. So I just did, you know, before this, I said I, I went to Medium and pulled a couple of my articles and put them back into chat GPT and say, you know, see what you can do with this. And it, it gave some pretty good stuff that I may not have found on my own. So it, it's good as a thought starter for brainstorming, for scripting, yeah. especially if you don't want to start with a blank page. So like anything else, it's like, you know, with templates, you know, if you start with a template, you, you have a little bit of a head start. I've heard people refer to it as the first draft assistant. Exactly. That it's yeah. like your assistant for the first draft. And then yeah, beyond and that, not, you've got to do the work. But you always have to, you know, 
do your due diligence and check everything because I, I asked it to write a biography of Lou Bortone. And one of the things that it said was that I have mad dance skills. I'm like, I don't know where you got that, but that could not be further from the truth. <laughs> like, where was it finding this stuff? <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I haven't tried yeah, that. It credited me yet. for writing a book that I didn't write. So I'm like, okay, chat GPT, I love you, but you're not always right. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you did write a book at one point, didn't you? I did. I, I wrote a, um, a book called Video Marketing Rules, um, yeah. which now it's like, okay, can chat GPT handle 50,000 words and rewrite it for me? But I mean, you know, I don't, not quite, it's not quite there yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah, bring it up to date. Mm -hmm. Right. So let's talk a little bit about, you know, some of the recent trends with, um, with vertical video yep. and shorts, um, mm -hmm. because those seem to be all the rage across all of the platforms right now. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Where are you, where are you moving with those tools? I'm trying to take some of my longer form video and, and repurpose it and slice and dice it so that it can be um, 60 second videos or, or much shorter videos. And the nice thing about AI is it's not just chat GPT, but there are AI video tools that you can say, okay, here's my, here's my 10 minute Godfather podcast. Give me five one minute clips from that. And it does a pretty good job pulling that out and sort of, again, doing the, doing a little bit of the heavy lifting for you in terms of like, okay, I know I want to go into this 10 minute video and turn it into a couple of 60 second videos, but I'm not quite sure what to pull from where. Okay. So that's a good way to use it. I, I, I try to take existing content and sort of repurpose it for shorter form content. Um, and before it was a little tricky because, you know, most long form content content is widescreen or sort of traditional, whereas everything else is portrait. And for me, being an old person, I'm not used to making videos on my phone like all the crazy youngsters are doing on TikTok. <laughs> uh, but it can't be ignored. I mean, it's just such a huge um, trend. And, and uh, now with YouTube Shorts, you know, they're trying to compete with TikTok. And every day it seems like there's a new platform coming out. Yeah, like crazy. <laughs> um, I've enjoyed being on TikTok much more than I thought that I would. Mm -hmm. Um, it's a just, it's kind of a different approach. And I just, I just go on there and, and record like a three minute, whatever's yeah. on the top of my head kind of a thing. And mm -hmm. I don't produce it too, too much or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Throw some captions on. It's and that's a great way to just, you know, especially if you have ADHD, adult ADD, like me, just, <laughs> you know, just constantly scrolling through to see what, what catches my attention. Yeah, I will been... say don't let your kid borrow your phone or you're going to end up with a whole bunch of Harry Styles videos. So. <laughs> yeah, in, in my case, it would be metal. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, really, really graphic metal, as a matter of fact. <laughs> well, talk to me a little bit about um, one of the tools that you really like to promote is Descript. Mm -hmm. And yeah. for some folks, Descript is a fairly new uh, concept. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what really got your attention with that tool. I think it was um, Descript.com is really interesting because it was it was a bit more of an audio editing tool and, and used for podcasts. And recently they've really upgraded and and done a lot more with video. But for me, the whole idea of, you know, I, I've used Final Cut Pro and I've been a video editor for 20 something years and, you know, to be able to say, oh, wait, I can edit a document and whatever changes I make in the text will be reflected in the video. That's kind of a game changer because now 
it just um, makes editing, video editing accessible to pretty much anybody that can manipulate a Word document. It's amazing. I, I haven't done as much playing with it, certainly, as you have, but the little mm -hmm. bit that I've done, I've just, I've been blown away by it. Now, the other thing that I've been really impressed with is its ability to really recognize my voice over mm -hmm. time. Yeah. Um, now, I'm curious for you, I mean, how long did it take for it to really kind of, you know, put an identifier on your right. voice and understand it? Yeah, that's the cool thing. I mean, it, it doesn't let you do somebody else's voice because then you'd have all kinds of strange fun. But yeah. um, you can train it to recognize your voice. You can dictate to it for about 15, 20 minutes and give it that, you know, that. So I put in one of my keynotes and it's it's scarily accurate. I don't know if that's a word, but it works for I me. Can, now I can just basically say, OK, I'm going to put in a word document and say, do it in my Lou voice and it will uh, generate that video with with the, you know, my actual voice with your voice. That's the thing that just blows my mind. It's like, it's like, I didn't actually say that, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it sounds like I did it's right. deep fake me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's part of it's good because if you've, if you've made a mistake or you said, Oh, I really meant to add, add this website here, you can go back in and overdub yourself so that you don't have to re-record everything. Yeah. So that's one thing, you know, in terms of saving time. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to, necessarily fake anybody out i'm just trying to do video more efficiently and more quickly and you can also do you know they sort of have this green screen function that even if i'm using a real green screen i can knock that out and put anything else behind me which as an editor that used to take me a half an hour to, to do a good green screen kind of thing yeah um also really impressed with the transcription that mm -hmm. Descript does. I think that might be, have been part of what it was initially designed to do was to edit and transcribe audios. Yeah, um, exactly. The transcription on that, I found to be pretty accurate. I'd have to make very few changes to it. Yeah, which is great because I know, you know, I have a Boston accent and it usually butchers my, you know, like if I do a, a YouTube and try to get YouTube to some, some, you know, transcribe it, it'll be all over the place. But Descript has been pretty accurate. And the longer and the more you use it, the the more it's going to recognize those words. And when I say party, I don't mean, you know, party, I mean party. So. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see how much more Descript gets enhanced as AI improves as well. Mm -hmm. I know they've yeah, already they got a lot have, built um, in. Stock voices. So if you want to say, you know what, I want to have like a, a voice of God or a British accent, you can say, you know, all right, take this document or this video and read it in a British accent, a female British accent. So that's, that's kind so of cool. much fun. <laughs> oh my God. That's so cool. It's just like we're in a whole new realm now. <laughs> yeah. I said to my wife the other day, I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I'm being. I'm being um, squeezed out of what I do, video editing, which is kind of okay because more people can do it. Um, you know, I've got plenty of other stuff to do. So, well, I think that's that's one of the things that I'd be interested to talk with you about, Lou. Is that um, I work with a lot of freelancers, and there mm -hmm. is a lot of concern for on their part right. about how AI is going to affect their industry and what parts of their job will they continue to be able to do as yeah. AI gets better and better and better. Now, I don't think it's at the point now where it can replace right. a lot of jobs, but as it starts to improve, you've just got to wonder how long is it going to be before yeah. I just tell AI what I want and it edits it and it's done in a minute, you know? Right. 
And yeah, I mean, it's it's a little scary, but I think you have to embrace it as well because it's like, well, this can just improve what I'm doing or it can give me a head start on what I'm doing. Uh, but I haven't found, like I asked it to, sometimes I do parodies and and satire and things like that. And, you know, it, it doesn't want to do curse words and it doesn't want to be, which is good, it doesn't want to be too sarcastic, but it can't quite capture your voice yet. So um, yeah. I don't think we'll be replaced too, too soon. Well, that's the that's the thing that I'm really curious about. It, it as you've written about some of the things that you've done with AI in your mm -hmm. emails, um, I'm encouraged by it because what it seems to have done is it's it's almost like having a creative partner. Mm -hmm. um, but the it, the partner's not necessarily creative, but the partner allows you to access levels of creativity that may be new for you. You know. Yeah. And yeah. your your willingness to try new things based on what you what you see on that other, you know, on that other yeah. tool. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how how you've found your own creativity being influenced mm -hmm. uh, by the tools that you've discovered recently? Well, I, uh, I think it kind of helps me get out of my own way, because if I've been doing something like, OK, this is the third year I've done the 31 days of video, you know, in May. And I come up with my own prompts, but I'm like, let me see if I ask ChatGPT to come up with 31 prompts, if it does anything that maybe I didn't think of, or maybe I want to tweak or add to. So I think it helps you um, sort of refresh what you do and reinvent yourself and not kind of go back to the same, same old, same old. So I asked yeah. it like to write a bio for me and, and I don't know where it came up with this, but I loved it. It said, okay, if, if, if uh, Vito Corleone and, Marty Scorsese had a, a loved an AI love child. You might you might get Lou Borton. I'm like, okay, I, I can live with that. So, <laughs> I never would have thought to say that, but I'm like, I think I might be able to use this. So, well, that's wonderful. That... Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, are you are you looking forward uh, to any new new opportunities mm -hmm. that AI uh, affords you? Uh, yeah, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I know now I've been using um, sort of a plugin called AIPRM, which is an add-on to ChatGPT, which basically gives it a different voice or style. So I can say, write this in a humorous style or write this in a satirical tone. So I think now, you know, again, it can't capture my my exact voice, but it might be able to get me a little bit closer so that, again, I can, you know... Um, maybe I can adjust this email. So it'll be something a little bit more fun or something a little bit more creative than what I might usually do. So it's just, I mean, the, the evolution is, is so quick. It's, it's a little bit um, overwhelming, but it's kind of fun to try to keep up with it and stay one step ahead of it. Isn't it though? Have you played around with any of the like graphic design tools, like some of the new things that Canva integrated and yeah, or yeah, things absolutely. like that? Canva. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff. There's an, app called runwayml.com and it can take out the the backgrounds of photos and, and videos so if i like okay i have this video here but the background wasn't quite good i want to put them in you know on the moon or whoever else so there's a lot of manipulation that you can do that that's creating some fun things with the photos but sometimes i notice because i do a lot of stuff with ai on photos and um I noticed on one, I'm like, I have three arms on that photo. So something happened with the AI and just gave me an extra arm. And I'm like, <laughs> so again, it's not, it's not perfect, but it's definitely, 
something to keep an eye on. In terms of in terms of your storytelling, um, what are some of the ways that your story storytelling can be enhanced by mm -hmm. the tools that you've discovered? Yeah, I mean, again, if I put in um, a keynote speech or something into ChatGPT and I say, write this in a humorous tone or, or expand upon it or add examples, it, again, it might just come up with a few things that I hadn't thought of before. Um, one of the things I've been working on is uh, taking a 45-minute keynote and then asking ChatGPT to create a TED-style 12, 15-minute talk based on that. And it's, again, you have to kind of go back at it and and ask the prompts and it builds upon itself. So it gets a little bit smarter each time you ask, but yeah. it's not quite there yet, but it's like, okay, well, this would have taken me a week if I had done it. Just if I said, I'm going to take this 45 minute keynote and turn it into a 12 minute Ted talk, but chat GPT gave me something to start with. Cause now at least I have the framework and I can edit it from there. Wow. That's amazing. <laughs> <It's> scary. Yeah. <laughs> So, and I haven't really used it, you know, like I, I don't, I feel like it's cheating a little bit, so I haven't really used it with clients much, but I yeah. can see a point where like, okay, I'm, I'm going to be able to edit their video a lot more quickly and a lot more efficiently than I used to be. So, you know, maybe that means I can work with more people and maybe it means I can, you know, just speed up the process for them. So uh, a lot of things that would have, again, I was talking to uh, uh, another industry person who used to work in special effects and she's just like, this this would have taken me three weeks and now it takes two seconds or two clicks right i know that's the that's what i realized too it was like that those lists that i that i toil over for copywriting <laughs> mm -hmm. were done in seconds and all i had to do is minor edits yeah for them to be usable and it was just like mm -hmm. oh wow this changes everything right and I, I always tell my friends and i i haven't charged by the hour in a really long time but <laughs> um i told them there goes my hourly wage <laughs> yeah right i'm gonna i'm gonna charge by the uh, by the prompt <laughs> so by what you're hey, asking that's not a bad way to go actually yeah um, i actually love but it. i mean it's, it's interesting too because the other thing it's gonna it, it may create a even a glut of content and there's already so much stuff out there. So it's like, okay, well, you still have to be a cut above. You still have to, you know, have that creative edge or do something that's going to separate you from, you know, the hundreds of people. If you ask chat GPT a question to a hundred people, it's going to give you a slightly different response, but a lot of it's going to be pretty generic and pretty basic. And I'm starting to get to the point where I can kind of recognize what's been generated by chat GPT and what's been generated by a human. So, yeah. I, I think that's that's one of the things that um, will be interesting to see unfold. And we're, all, we're already starting to see it as the AI, uh, the, the language models are being integrated into search mm -hmm. in that um, the way that we search is already changing. Yeah. If we're using the, the language model as a starting place. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I'm really curious about with that glut of content is when is it going to be possible for me to use AI to curate what I want to read or what mm -hmm. I want to consume right. because that's really the challenge that I have at this point is mm -hmm. how do I, I don't have the time and I don't have the bandwidth to curate the the amount of stuff that is coming toward me every day mm -hmm. yeah exactly how and can that's I set it a lot of what I do is you know sort of curation for my audience to try to separate the the good stuff from the crappy stuff because one of the things that's happening now especially in the online world is that people are sort of just adding 
the word the letters AI to whatever they do and selling yeah. it, selling it as like, well, that's not really AI, you know, but that's uh, <laughs> just because you say it's intelligence doesn't mean it is. So. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to have to sort all that out as we go, I guess. It's a brave new world. But again, even with that AI PRM plugin, one of the benefits of, of adding that to ChatGPT is that it gives you crowdsourced prompts. So yeah. if you, there's, there may be a prompt that says, you know, summarize this article and give me five bullet points and you dump the article in there. It's like, okay, well, now I've got my little summary and it, it curated it for me. Very cool. Well, I'm anxious to see where we both go with this. Yes. Um, the The question I'd like to move into now is uh, that you, in the last little while, have started a podcast. Now, you had mentioned that you were kind of late to the podcast game. Mm -hmm. Was there anything that was a barrier for you to get into that? Um, it was, I think it was just, you know, time and content and you know, like, okay, well, here's one more thing to do. And the thing that pushed me over the edge, the day that I decided to do a podcast was the day that I saw a statistic that said YouTube has now overtaken iTunes and Spotify as the number one platform for podcast yeah. listening or viewing. So I said, well, if YouTube is where people go to podcasts, then I have to, I have to have a podcast. Yeah. Well, not knowing that every podcast would take me like three and a half days to create <laughs> well exactly that's the thing it's like um the podcasting platform has diversified a lot and especially mm -hmm. now spotify has added video yeah uh to its podcast but i'm your your podcast has rapidly become one of my favorites and it's called oh, take the you. cannoli and it's it's a podcast that is based on the godfather mm-hmm and but it's lessons for life and business from the godfather kind of a, a yes a platform we, i'm just really curious now we talked about meeting sunny in real life mm -hmm. right but um have you been a fan of the godfather for the duration yeah since it first came out in on my birthday in 1972 wow uh i was like 10 or 11 years old or something and I was just, you know, having grown up in a very Italian neighborhood, I'm like, oh my God, I kind of recognize these people. And and uh, it just, everything kind of clicked for me. It's like, okay, now I know how the world works with this thing, which obviously was a fictional story, but um, was sort of a metaphor for capitalism in America. So I've just been enamored with it since the very beginning and, and you know, sort of followed the different iterations and movies and things like that. And realized that, you know, especially when I worked in Los Angeles, uh, I used to say everything I know about business, I learned from the Godfather. So, you know, keep yeah. your friends close and your enemies closer. And so that's what, you know, I decided to, to sort of do the podcast as a, as a way to look at, you know, different things in the movies and different aspects of it. And what can we use in real life that doesn't involve breaking somebody's knees? So, yeah. Well, one of the things that I love about it is, is that you include so much of the backstory. Mm -hmm. um, you include a lot of the the stories um, of, of like <clears throat> most recently. The one that I recall is the one that where you were talking about how they tricked Marlon Brando into a screen test, <laughs> yes, and yeah. uh, and going out to his house to do a makeup reel mm -hmm. or something like that. <laughs> right. Let's just do a little. I'll bring my little my my little camera and we'll just you know see how it looks. So. Uh, that's how they managed to get his screen test. But the, the making of the movie is a movie and a drama in itself. And then they had that series recently on Paramount that was called uh, 
the offer that's what it was called yeah. about the making of and i i would watch it and try and say what's actually accurate like marlon uh like uh, Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola were on the opposite coast. They were never in a house working together on this thing like you see in the movie. But, yeah. um, but you know, just finding those little factoids and interesting things about, um, you know, how unlikely it was that Al Pacino got cast in that role. And, you know, the studio had wanted Charles Bronson. I mean, can you imagine Charles Bronson as Michael Corleone? I so, cannot. I'm, I can't even go there. So I think it's just fascinating that, you know, just the, the, even just the creation of that film was was such a you know, saga in, in and of itself. And one of the recent episodes that I listened to is you were you were talking about the meeting of the five families and about how they were, you know, coming to an agreement, even mm -hmm. though it was a difficult agreement. They were they were still willing to, to come face to face, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how that applies. Sometimes we're faced with things that we're not really particularly willing to do, mm -hmm. but we must do. And, you know, it's like, <laughs> wow, cool. What a great lesson. Yeah. It's interesting. It's like, you know, if you can get these, these mob families in the same boardroom, like, you know, like a corporate boardroom, um, then, you know, maybe, maybe there's still hope for <laughs> America and corporations and all the craziness we're going through. So do you have a vision for how, how far this is going to go? Or do you, is this was this a a contained idea or was it just an idea that you said I'll I'll ride this one as far as it'll go? Yeah, I think uh, it's it's really no shortage of of uh, topics and you know I find things that are happening like last week you know there's a uh, HBO series that I love called Succession and I was trying to find oh my God there's a lot of similarities between this modern day you know uh, media family saga and and The Godfather which took place you know as far as the film goes in the 40s and 50s so i like to sort of find that juxtaposition and and uh there's really no, no shortage of of ideas so I'll, I'll write it as long as it goes i guess that's awesome I, i'm excited to see where you take it um and Thanks. i've enjoyed where you've already been so um, you've got some things coming up that we need to let people know about sure. um we've already spoken about the 31 flavors of video Mm -hmm. um, you're going to be offering that again, uh, May 1st through 31st. Yes. Um, I had to find a month with 31 days. So, <laughs> <laughs> so if people are interested in, in that particular offer, um, and challenge, mm -hmm. what do they need to know? Uh, it's really simple. It's not, you know, there's not a lot of pressure. There's not a lot of, you know, sort of nagging you to do videos. It's, you can do 10 videos. You can do 31 videos. I had a guy a couple of years ago that said, well, I'm going to, I'm going to be an overachiever and I'm going to do 50. So it's just a fun way to, as a group, you know, we have a Facebook group to, to sort of get encouragement and experiment. And maybe you say, okay, well, I want to test TikTok and shorts. So I'm going to do it here first so I can get some constructive criticism rather than just putting it out there. So it's just a way to try different styles of video. Cause I, oftentimes I talk about, finding your video sweet spot because when you find that that style of video that's easy for you you'll do more of it and, and express yourself and, yeah. and get your message out there more effectively one of the things that i appreciated about it as a busy person is that the the daily segments were really short they were mm -hmm. they were digestible and they were easy to fit into a busy schedule. So mm -hmm. um, if schedule is a worry that you have, don't let that stop you from joining this program. Yeah, it's um, fun. Where can people sign up for it, Lou? That's a really good question because now we can't remember. 
<laughs> the URL is, <laughs> but I think, um, I guess I can send it to you afterwards, but um, we'll make sure to put it in the, the description. The lead pages link is long and ugly, so you don't want that one. No, but it'll be um, something like bluebartone.com forward slash 31 or 31 flavors of video. And like you said, every day I do a quick little two, three minute prompt yeah. to, just to give you an idea or a bit of a challenge. Like, okay, have you ever done Facebook Live? Well, today's the day to give that a shot. Okay. Again, I can I can back this one up from experience and just tell you that it was a it was a fun class. Um, it was informative, uh, interesting, and I I learned a lot from it, and was able to incorporate several things that I learned from it immediately. Um, like I got my I got my YouTube intro video done, cool. and I got a website welcome video done. Mm -hmm. And I started to do more. Oh, the 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 one area that I still haven't gotten a hundred percent comfortable with is going live. Yeah, um, I think there's too much of an editor still left in me <laughs> to to be comfortable with just letting it fly and putting it out there. Yeah, but, if you're a control freak, live is a little a little uh, hard to deal with. But I like it because it's just sort of like a come as you are party, and like I'm just going to show up on Facebook and and say what I'm going to say. Yeah. So we'll make sure to include the link for that in the description of this uh, episode. The other program that you've got coming up is kind of a group program that you call Fast yeah. Forward. Tell yes. us about that. This is fun. I've been working on this, on this for a really long time and trying to figure out how can I sort of serve more people and bring more people into the fold in terms of getting support and accountability. Uh, and I need it myself because it's like I, I tend to do videos and fits and starts. And I thought, well, if we have a group and we have a day a month where we set aside a couple of hours to do videos, I call it the video sprint. And we have you know, Q&A calls where people can say, I'm stuck with the script. How do I do such and such? So the fast forward group is a small group. It's a, you know, part mastermind, part membership. So we, we try to give them a lot of accountability. And I also drip out curriculum that I don't share anywhere else. It's sort of like this exclusive. Um, in fact, yesterday I, I did a module on using AI and video. So oh, very cool stuff in there. So fast forward in um, to access that we've got a we've got a URL for that one fast yes, forward I, I dot video that one. <laughs> yes. fast forward dot video it, and it does work we tested it before we got on Yay. <laughs> uh, so fast forward dot video is your is your um, access portal for that particular group anything else you're excited about Lou just you know whatever's next i mean it's just it's just evolving so quickly it's never a dull moment because now even though i work alone i get to you know hang out with folks like you from time to time and yeah. and um just the whole world of you know um I, if there was any uh silver lining to the pandemic it's that now people realize that you know we can do this stuff via zoom and we can have these uh interactions because i think video is not really about cameras and technology it's about connection and engagement oh completely so the more you can connect with video the better and i like to do it this way because i don't have to get on a plane necessarily or i don't have to be in a, a room full of 500 people which i find a little overwhelming so yeah, it sounds like to me that you share the a similar sentiment in that content is important, but really content isn't king. Relationship is king. Mm -hmm. Either that or relationship is queen, and content yeah. serves the queen. Yes. <laughs> you know, and one of the things that I appreciate too, Lou, is that, that you have a commitment to putting out really good quality content 
it's consistent, you do it frequently, and um, I appreciate all that you share uh, with all of us. So thank you for that. Thank you. I love I love sharing that stuff and finding cool things and letting folks know about it. All right. So again, we're going to reiterate, if you're interested in the Fast Forward group, it's fastforward.video. We'll have a link for the 31 days or the 31 flavors of video mm-hmm. um, in the description. Um, if you have any doubts at all about any of this, you can just go to loubortone.com and I'll bet there will be information for most of it, right? All kinds of fun stuff there. Yes. Freebies and, and things like that. Don't forget to subscribe to take the cannoli the godfather podcast is just absolutely great thanks um, so you can find that on youtube spotify all over the place all the podcast channels yeah and i did manage to get the url the godfather podcast.com so that redirects to itunes i think oh very good the godfather podcast.com well lou this has been a lot of fun i always enjoy our conversations and uh i would love to have you back when you've got more to say Thank you. I appreciate it. It's great to talk with you. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Your Own Best Company. If you enjoyed the show, would you do me a favor and subscribe on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast host? If you really love it, leave me a review or share it with your circles. If you feel like your career is reaching a dead end or you're feeling a deep sense of dissatisfaction in your work right now, I help people discover their gifts and then find or create new opportunities that are the best fit for their talent, experience, and lifestyle. Email me at coaching at franklintaggart.com for more information. I also help people start, finish, and launch creative projects, and I offer an ongoing marketing mastermind for solopreneurs and freelancers. More information on these programs and services can be found at franklintaggart.com. Thanks again for spending this time with me.